It's easy to see why local government needs fresh ideas and young faces. So why is it so difficult to actually elect them? A new generation takes on some very old problems in the great township of Belleville. Coming up on the next Jaffe Podcast. You're listening to the Jaffe Podcast, brought to you weekly by Jaffe Communications. For decades, New Jersey has scraped the bottom of the list for voter turnout. The most recent race for governor is only the latest statewide race to break a record for low voter turnout, with just barely over 35%. The trend shows no sign of reversing. It's choked by voter apathy and the merciless redistricting of formerly competitive legislative districts. Mix in there your comfortable incumbents and their party bosses who like it just fine. Thankfully, there's politicians out there like Belleville Mayor Michael Melham. In his business as a public sector web developer and technology consultant, Michael learned that conquering politics in New Jersey is all about combining old-fashioned door-to-door campaigning with organizing via social media and many new technologies. This novel approach helped him be elected mayor of Belleville in 2018, in which he defeated a long-term incumbent. Mayor Melham was kind enough to make time in his busy schedule for a conversation in the Jaffe Podcast Studio about Belleville, where he's lived his entire life, and his many new plans to bring new life into some very old politics. Michael, welcome to the Jaffe Podcast. Thank you for having me. So there's a lot to talk about, because um, Mayor Melham is not your your typical mayor in Belleville. Um, Belleville um, is a very old-fashioned town old-fashioned values, and um, has been doing things the same way for many, many years. And then suddenly, um, we have the mayor who, this new mayor who was elected in May of 2018, who has really shaken things up. And so we wanted to talk a little bit about all the different things you've been doing. You've been introducing Belleville to social media. You've been introducing having actual uh, uh, um, broadcast of your, your public meetings. It seems like you're trying to do something in Belleville, and our listeners want to know what it is you're doing. Yeah, we've been pretty busy for the last 10 months or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a unique contrast because, as you mentioned, I served 18 years ago. Mm-hmm. And the town's changed a lot in those 18 years, and no doubt about that. But also politics and campaigning have changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like to think that my team was an upstart team of young energetic volunteers who had Mm -hmm. really never worked a campaign before. Mm -hmm. They were just soccer moms and volunteers and supporters. My team basically consisted of 20-year-old, 30-year-old, and 40-year-olds, which Mm -hmm. if you know anything about local government, that's unheard of. They're not normally there. Mm -hmm. So we've been there. Uh, We've been working hard. We really got elected, got the whole team in. It wasn't just me. Mm -hmm. So it was just myself as mayor and two council candidates. Mm -hmm. Both never ran for council before. One had never really been in government before. Mm -hmm. But we worked really, really hard. And we were up against, it was a generational divide. Mm -hmm. We were up against three and four term incumbents. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to, you know, this is not about aging different people, but the mayor that I beat was was in the 70s, and he mm-hmm. was approaching 80. And, mm-hmm. you know, it just was a – it's a huge contrast now to have me. And yeah. the residents are getting used to it. Uh, more importantly, though, I think that municipal employees are having a harder time mm-hmm. dealing with, one, me being physically present mm-hmm. in town hall mm-hmm. and a lot of the new initiatives. You know, mm-hmm. government – Can we just say that's interesting <laughs> that you – the mayor notes here, like his his predecessors, they weren't guys who typically hung around town hall. No, no. So they uh, they got elected. It's amazing. They got elected in spite of doing absolutely nothing for the last decade or so. And that's because out of 40,000 population, roughly 20,000 registered voters, we have May elections, right? So 
only about 5,000 or so people come out, and they just kept a tight knit, uh, a tight net around mm-hmm. that number. And my strategy, I've, I've run my fair share of campaigns, and I've mm-hmm. been involved in campaigns for the last two decades. And my strategy was pretty simple, cast the widest net possible. Right. So whereas everybody was fighting for that same 5,000 people that traditionally turn out, mm-hmm. we just looked outside that and Mm -hmm. we wanted to bring so many new people in Mm -hmm. and we did that Mm -hmm. now belleville is a town where about half the population is foreign speaking or half yeah we have a uh, we have a pretty strong uh, hispanic base Mm -hmm. which that's really come out of nowhere i mean i say out of nowhere it's slowly evolved in the last decade or so but traditionally belleville was always a an italian irish Mm -hmm. community Mm -hmm. and in the last decade or so a lot of the the Italians, Irish have kind of moved out. Mm-hmm. You still have some people like my mom who will never move out of town. Right, right. But, you know, we've been replaced by a heavy, heavy Hispanic population, mm-hmm. predominantly Ecuadorians. Mm-hmm. A lot of Ecuadorians mm-hmm. in Belleville, Peruvians. We're even starting to see now some Brazilians come in. Mm-hmm. And how does that, um, as, as, as you guys, as a white guy, and you're knocking on doors and you're asking for votes, what was your message to this ethnic community? It's interesting because I was basically, as you said, I'm the the gringo mayor, you know, so (laughs) we, uh, as I mentioned earlier, we worked really hard. Mm -hmm. And one of my big things in casting that that net was just ringing a lot of doorbells. So when you ring a lot of doorbells, you meet a lot of different people. Right. So we had myself as a mayoral candidate and two council candidates. We always divided up into three teams, every team. And that was my policy. Every team always walked with a candidate. Mm-hmm. We don't do hired guns. We don't do canvassers, paid field. We don't do any of that Actual stuff. Actual real people. Real people, real <laughs> candidates asking right. for your vote. But, you know, are we were fortunate enough that we brought in uh, uh, Belleville's first Latina mm-hmm. uh, on the city council. So mm-hmm. she obviously can hold her own mm-hmm. walking, ringing doorbells. But myself and uh, candidate Graziano, who's now Councilman Graziano, we always made sure we had a, a Spanish speaker with us. And a lot of times we had to yield to those Spanish speakers mm-hmm. because they can just one, not that the people whose houses we were ringing doorbells only spoke Spanish, but they're mm-hmm. far more comfortable in their native language. Mm-hmm. And to see somebody young with us that can communicate with them and connect with them. And uh, that really went, that went far. I could say yeah. mayor now in like three different languages, four, <laughs> four actually, including English. So. Okay. Okay, give us a couple of them. All right, so you got you got uh, sindico in Italiano. Okay, you got prefetto, which would be Portuguese for my uh-huh. Brazilian friends, and then you have alcalde, which mm-hmm. is Spanish. Very good. Yeah, I got it down. <laughs> I, I could describe myself in multiple languages, and it works, especially when you're single like me, and you're yeah. out, and you're in a bar, you're at a restaurant, and you meet yeah. people. I could basically describe myself in four yeah. different languages. Yeah. You do have the perfect pickup line being a mayor. I mean, how many mayors are at? Uh, how many mayors are single and at bars? You know, I've bumped into a lot of mayors. Can't say yeah. they're single, but I bumped into a lot of mayors at bars. Yeah. Would you go um, to League Municipalities Conference? I do. Mm-hmm. I do you do. find a value in that? I've been going to League Municipalities now for 20, this was my 24th year. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, uh, 20 years ago, it was a different league. Mm-hmm. It was, there were a lot more people going down. It was a lot more festive. A lot more energy was down there. I think it's kind of, I hate to say it, but I think it's kind of lost a step in the last mm-hmm. decade or so. I still find value. One, for the most part, we, we walk the trade floor mm-hmm. and we get to see vendors and, mm-hmm. and we get to interact mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And then it's really about interacting with some of our professionals. League of Municipalities, for me, though, is twofold because when I go down there, I'm a mayor mm-hmm. and I'm also the, the president pres- yeah. uh, of, a, of my private sector business, mm-hmm. which actually is in municipal government. Mm-hmm. So I, I 
I'm pretty accustomed to wearing two different hats. Mm-hmm. As a mayor, do you do the presentations at the different forums? I haven't this year. Uh, in the past, I have presented at league municipalities through mm-hmm. my company mm-hmm. as, as a private sector president of Alpha Dog, but I have not participated yet. But what I'm really excited about is now I've only been in office 10 months. I'm already a member of the New Jersey Conference of Mayors, mm-hmm. and something I'm very proud of is the uh, Urban Mayors Association. So I'm part of that, and there's only about 40 of us in that. Okay. So because we love to throw a bunch of loaded questions into this podcast, the the one question I had was I wanted to get your opinion on something. And have you heard about the National Conference of Mayors is going to be held in Honolulu this year? I have. Are you going? I'm not going, no. <laughs> Let me ask you about that. I think that this conference is completely tone deaf because think about how many mayors there's going to be like 3000 mayors around the country that are all flying to Honolulu and all 3000 mayors have 3000 constituencies who basically they have to explain why they're going to Hawaii. Yeah. So I was thinking, you know, what if you're going to do this trip Detroit, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Chicago, sure. but somewhere like in the middle of right. of the country, you know, and um what do you think? Do you think that these mayors should be using taxpayer money to, for this junket? I don't have a problem necessarily with spending some taxpayer money to, to travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I say that from personal example. I just mentioned that I was at League of Municipalities for mm-hmm. my 24th year. As a councilman 20 years ago, the township paid for mm-hmm. us to go. But granted, it's in New Jersey, and we're in New Jersey. So mm-hmm. you're only talking about a hotel room for two or three nights and maybe your conference fee, $55, mm-hmm. whatever that is. Mm-hmm. But I, I will say that this year that we got some heat. Uh, people always try and make political must out of something, right? Mm-hmm. So we basically spent about six or eight thousand dollars this year at League mm-hmm. Municipalities. Now our budget is sixty-four million dollars, mm-hmm. and what happened this year? That's the same, by the way. That's literally the same dollar amount we've always spent every year mm-hmm. historically. But this year, I believe it was NJ.com or one of the local mm-hmm. online papers now did a, did a whole study mm-hmm. on who spent what. Mm-hmm. And we were Belleville was one of the top Essex County spending towns mm-hmm. that, as I always say, that reported what we made because mm-hmm. they inquired to a lot of different municipalities, mm-hmm. including Newark, mm-hmm. uh, which probably spent a little more than Belleville. But they didn't comply. They didn't mm-hmm. reply to the Oprah request in mm-hmm. time. So they got out of it. We, we replied and we got caught up in that. And then I just went historically and showed the bills from previous years and all that. So that having said, y- you have to be aware. I mean, you can't be totally tone deaf because that's pretty far away. I'm affiliated with the uh, National National Public Webmasters. Mm-hmm. So again, my private sector life. They hold their conferences in America, uh, in the United States, the continental US, but they hold them centrally located. Mm-hmm. So we're in Chicago, sometimes that's Illinois. Uh, we've been to Texas. We're kind of in the Midwest a lot mm-hmm. of times. This way, it's easier for everybody to get there, even time-wise. It kind of breaks out that mm-hmm. we've been to uh, Mississippi, uh, we, we've been kind of everywhere in the Midwest. I've been mm-hmm. going there for about 10 or 12 years. So it yeah, but this be... is also on your own dime, so it's irrelevant. That's true. That's true. So... Flying to Honolulu is, is a little extreme. Um, I would definitely agree with that. Even I got news for you. Even the New Jersey Conference of Mayors, just to join that is $1,000. Oh, wow. So Belleville historically had never been a part of that. And I had re- made the request to our town manager and to our clerk. I said, listen, is there any budget in this historically the mayor wasn't participating i'd like to participate mm-hmm. and they found the money in the budget and i mm-hmm. went but mm-hmm. that's a thousand dollar registration mm-hmm. fee mm-hmm. you know so it's, it gets there you know yeah. it, it is hard you know the other question that we had was if you remember this year league of municipalities that day that it ended on thursday was a huge mm-hmm. storm yep and that storm just caused chaos here in northern new jersey mm-hmm. 
I was aware of the storm was coming. And I actually was planning on leaving early, so mm-hmm. I left like 7.30 in the morning. So I was Good home, I was yep. landed, and I was mm-hmm. here. I was on site. A lot of my colleagues were not, though. Nope. And again, that storm is very atypical for late November. Historically, we mm-hmm. don't get snow or we don't get that kind of mm-hmm. the weather then. Mm-hmm. So historically, that really doesn't happen. But it yeah. did catch a lot of people off guard. So if you're in Honolulu or something like that, it, it's, it's, not, it's not an easy pill to swallow. Yeah, I not, think it's done over the summer, though, which is – Thankfully, good. You're going to be okay with the weather. But I got to tell you, though, remember, I was at the league and I left early, too, because I had a meeting actually in Newark that luckily got canceled because Newark was just a wreck. You you live in Josh lives in Newark. I mean, it was an absolute. um, But Belleville fared better. We I was stuck in it. So the one thing I did, which was really smart, was I'm pretty big on social media. So when I was in town, we issued our alerts. We did our thing. But then at one point, I was leaving town hall at about 4 o'clock, mm-hmm. and it took me almost an hour to get to my home. And while I was stuck in traffic uh, trying to get up a hill that this police had been shut down, I took my phone out, and I took a picture mm-hmm. of my car stuck mm-hmm. in traffic. Mm-hmm. And because I knew I was going to get heat because the buck stops with the mayor. Mm-hmm. And I think people kind of saw, okay, listen, we're all in this. This is not something you could have planned for. There wasn't a, a DPW in northern New Jersey that had plows on the truck because you don't put plows in November. Uh, we, nobody had salt because you don't get your salt until mid-December. So I think people realized it was not necessarily a storm of the century, but it was a highly unlikely and irregular storm. Yeah. And uh, I, I was in it too. Yeah, but still the governor got whacked. Governor did get whacked. And then he started brining anytime there was like a, a stiff breeze. <laughs> so I, I mentioned that to him. So he was, we were at a mayor's conference a couple of weeks ago in Newark. And, uh, you know, we went around the table and I said, listen, can you, can you help us out? Every time there's a threat of snow, can you not declare a state of emergency? Because that impacts our municipal budget. Yeah. Because we have to either not let employees come in and the employees that do come in, according to a union contracts, get double time or time and a half because it's a state of emergency. And it just wreaks havoc on us. Mm-hmm. And half the time it didn't even snow. Yeah. So I think yeah. the better communication is good. Something that, that I, was, I was very, very uh, intrigued by and, and, and gave him many, many compliments, Roz Baraka, the mayor of Newark, who's become a good friend of mine and, and a great partner to Belleville, a couple weeks after that storm in November, he had a press conference in December, and he invited all the surrounding towns. And he really went after the state because they basically shut down everything. They shut down Route 21. They shut down 280. They shut down 78. And that pushed all the traffic into the surrounding community. So that's why Belleville got slammed because everybody was trying to get out. And the one thing he said, which I admire, I admire a lot about the mayor. First thing he stood, he said when he stood at that podium and at that microphone, he accepted responsibility, even though we all know that. We, we couldn't have predicted the storm. Yeah. We couldn't have been better prepared last minute like mm-hmm. that. But he's like, listen, we could always do better, so I own it. Yes. And we're meeting here post-storm to discuss better communication mm-hmm. going forward. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I respect him for that. I really so that's w- one lesson in your 10 months as mayor is that really, you know, at the end of the day, it's your responsibility yeah. if it's your responsibility sure. or not. I own it. I got no problem yeah. owning it. And I think people see that on my social media. I'll go out and I'll walk the streets. We walked Washington Avenue, and I was highlighting some of the good points of mm-hmm. some good stuff that's happening. And then I take pictures of the stuff mm-hmm. that's still not right yet. Yeah. And I say, listen, this is not right yet, yeah. and I own this, and this is yeah. our fault. We need to do a better job. What, um, so both of us, what we have in common is that we're both you know, vendors to – we work for municipalities, different entities. Um, the difference between us is that I spend you know, all of my time working. You miraculously – say actually walk out of the office and say you know what i don't need to have 17 more clients i want to be the mayor of belva so 
what makes us different? Like what drives you sure. toward public service and community service and caring about streets and garbage and potholes and all of the right. small things? Like wh- why do you care? Well, we're, I mean, we're different on several. First of all, you have a much nicer office than I have. So <laughs> we're, we're, we're different in that regard as well. It was interesting. You know, I got to a point during the campaign, I found some, some news clippings from when I left office in 2004. Mm-hmm. So when I was first elected, I was a 25-year-old councilman a in 2000. Yeah. I served for four years. And mm-hmm. you probably know this as much as anybody else. It's hard to walk away once you're there. But at 29 years old, after serving four years, I chose not to seek reelection. Mm-hmm. And I actually had an exit interview with a local newspaper, and I said, and I never knew I said Mm -hmm. this until I just saw it, that who knows, maybe one day I'll return. Mm -hmm. And I found that during my campaign. I Mm -hmm. said, wow, this is the return. Mm -hmm. And it was just time. You know, I was born and raised in Belleville. I'm 44 years old. I've lived in Belleville, you know, north of 40 years of my life. Mm -hmm. And I just saw that the town was kind of on a downturn. Mm -hmm. And because of my private sector experience, I work in about 25 different municipalities, 30-something government contracts total. So I'm intimately familiar with what other elected officials do, how how well other rec departments run or how well DPW runs. Or how how well they don't. Right, right. (laughs) And I saw that, you know, other townships like Bloomfield and and Harrison and Newark were blowing up with redevelopment. Uh And I just saw Belleville getting stale and stagnant. And my passion is real estate and development. Mm -hmm. So I'm halfway through my master's in city regional planning. And I said, you know what? I'm at a comfortable place in my life. I never wanted 2,000 clients or, you know, even 200 Mm -hmm. clients. I always said once I got to a point in my life professionally where I was comfortable – I was going to do two things. I was going to slow down, and I was going to travel. Mm-hmm. And I spent the last five years or so traveling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's interesting because when I was starting the business, the business is now 15 years old. When I started the business for 10 years, I worked mm-hmm. seven days a week. Mm-hmm. I could never get away, maybe mm-hmm. a long weekend mm-hmm. if I was lucky locally. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever saw that. But yeah. the last five years, everybody said, oh, every week you're traveling. You're going here. You're going there. I said, yeah, but where were you for the first 10 years where I started the business? I couldn't do Absolutely. that. So I wanted to travel, and I did that. Yeah. And then once I kind of got that out of my system, I got the itch to run again. And mm-hmm. I got the itch to maybe partner up with some people. And then it came to a point, you know what, I'm going to take my own team in and build this thing from the ground up. Yeah. And because like any other municipality, we have our factions, right? We have, we have different people here, there, yeah. and I didn't join any of them. I yeah. just rounded up a bunch of first time nobodies that had mm-hmm. never participated in an election before. Mm-hmm. It was a ragtag gang of first timers <laughs> right. that were bumping into each other. It yeah. was like, yeah. it was somebody like me, I'm a micromanager and I'm an organizer right. and dealing with 30 or 40 first time young mm-hmm. volunteers. It was like herding cats. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I spent six months pulling my yeah. hair out, but yeah. we got it done. Yeah. We really did. Yeah. I think of the, um, was it the movie, the candidate, you know, <laughs> and uh, you know, that he gets elected and at the end he's like, what now? <laughs> you know, what do I do now? <laughs> so was that kind of like you with, you know, election night in May of 2018, you get elected and then you're like, okay, it's all yours. You right. wanted it right here. The one thing and I kept saying during the campaign is don't send me there alone. So unlike most, and again, in, in uh, municipalities, the size of Belleville, our elections are in May. Traditionally, you're thinking about it in November, December, uh, January, you're setting feelers out there. In February, you're starting your campaign. It's basically a three-month campaign, right? Mm-hmm. I ran like an 18-month campaign. It was insane. I mean, I announced, mm-hmm. I declared my candidacy for mayor at a big, grand event, which I'm prone to, mm-hmm. at Nanina's. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's your place. Yeah, that's my, <laughs> that's my place. Uh, grand event there. 
it was in uh, October. Mm-hmm. So that was eight, maybe eight months before. That had never been done before. People thought I was insane. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I was just Melham for a better Belleville. I mm-hmm. had no team. I had mm-hmm. no can. I had nothing. Mm-hmm. But I had been quietly uh, building the foundation, the infrastructure of the campaign. We, My company wrote election software and vote-by-mail tracking software. So I had been, since maybe January of that year, had really been doing mm-hmm. – we bought our mailing list and we were IDing people and – so it was basically an 18-month campaign. What about committee seats? Were you also steadily trying to take over the committee? No, we kind of left that alone. Being a nonpartisan town, we don't normally get that involved. I mm-hmm. think that's going to change in mm-hmm. the near future. But no, I was just geared on me. And once we – I was in October, I declared. By January, I named my first candidate. By February, we named uh, Naomi DePena, our first Latina candidate. And then it was the three of us. And I kept telling people in all our rallies – don't send me there alone because mm-hmm. it was going to be a disappointing election night if I won and my team didn't get in. That's not a party. That's not a celebration. I kept saying to people, do not send me there alone. Mm-hmm. You've got to put me there with my team. Mm-hmm. And election night came, and they put me there with my team. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, wow. They trusted me now. Yeah. They, put, they put us all there. Now we really got to roll up our sleeves and work. Wow. Wow. That's – you know, um, so now, so then you, you, you become mayor – yeah, um, you move in. I know you're still figuring out the office space for mayor because yes. there, now that there's actually a mayor in the building. And what do you, was there certain things that that immediately you were dismayed with that you thought the job was going to be and it wasn't or, or vice versa? You seem like a guy who you, you, you really know people come into your office. You're happy to talk to them. The regular typical resident It's very grassroots. Um, but what about the job? Were you surprised? You know what? I I have to say, there's really nothing that caught me by surprise. Mm -hmm. I've been really well prepared for this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Everything from from a 25-year-old councilman who served four years, who's been in the public sector side of the private sector world for the last 15 years, and having so many, as you probably have, so many friends that are elected officials, so many close colleagues that are elected officials. There's really nothing that I went in and said, oh, no, you know, Mm -hmm. this is not what I expected. Right, right. Probably not really in the government side, not really in tech. I knew exactly what I was getting inside town hall. I knew exactly the the, the staff we had and the and the services or lack of services. I knew it all. Mm-hmm. I had it pretty 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 nailed down. I mean, I would probably say that if I had to pick something, it's probably it's the uninformed electorate. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that I can't tell you how many times during the campaign or immediately after the campaign because I'm very accessible on all mm-hmm. social media channels. People would say to me, you know, my whole family are with you. You know, we supported you. You know, we backed you. You know, mm-hmm. we had your back and we were pulling for you. And then I go, as anybody can do in my business, mm-hmm. I go to the voter list and find out they're not even registered to vote. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's infuriating. That's, it is. It's yeah. that's the most frustrating part because yeah. I'm still a grassroots guy. So even now, as much as we communicate a lot. Once a week or so, anybody I communicate with, we always run up the flag policy, who's registered, who's not. And I try to f- officially, through formal channels, get them registered mm-hmm. through my office if we can, not political. And, um, you know, it's just tough where you meet so many people that shake your hand and take a picture with you. And then you go look them up. They're not registered yeah. to vote. Yeah. Quite that. You know, you remind me a lot of, um, of, uh, of Steve Fulop. Uh, when uh, he was running, when he was a councilman, he was a, a young guy too, yeah. and you know, taking over an entrenched. Sure. I mean, you're talking with the Hudson County Democrats; they're pretty, sure. they're pretty serious group. Yeah, they are. And you know, basically just owning everything, like the voter lists and the, the wards, and right. who's important here, who's important there, and 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 motivating and motivating and and, and making people understand that with you as mayor, their lives will be better. Yeah. 
And, um, and that's the trick. And that's also, I guess, you know, three years from now, you're going to have to stand up again and say, look what I did. Well, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, we, we just touted during my State of the Township speech, which we've been talking a lot in the last 10 First months. First ever State of the Township of any mayor? It was. <laughs> or... Well, let, let's clarify. I've been corrected. <laughs> I'm not sure. I haven't seen any of the evidence yeah, yet. Yeah. But I'm told that 20 or 30 years ago, there was a mayor who gave some sort of a of an address yeah. of a speech. Yeah. Uh, I would argue that that mayor then was not duly elected by, mm-hmm. the, by the people. Mm-hmm. And it was, he was appointed by the council. Right. It was a okay. shit. Yeah. She was she appointed. Was appointed by and, uh, yeah. So I would argue that first, of all, I've never seen any evidence that this is true, but it's just what some of my detractors mm-hmm. have said. And it was probably just a, a, a speech given right in the council chambers. Mm-hmm. I mean, mine was a grand ballroom at Nanina as we packed mm-hmm. the place out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a formal event. It was, it was high energy. Mm-hmm. It was, live streamed of course it was videotaped in the background it was uh it was it was a totally different event but we've had a lot we touted in that speech so many first-time events and that's what people are really loving because people really had no sense of who the mayor was or what Mm -hmm. was going on in town Mm and you know being accessible it's got its pros and cons right i mean people give me compliments but a lot of times you i'm out there so people can tell me about that Mm -hmm. pothole or tell me about that speeder and yeah. tell me about that they want speed bumps and they need this and they want that and they got a parking ticket mm-hmm. and this and that so being accessible has its disadvantages but it's not something i'm willing to trade i have been trying to harness them mm-hmm. because just this morning i tried to communicate back with somebody who gave me a complaint a couple of days ago and i could not find them and i'm a if you know me i'm a really organized guy mm-hmm. but when you get emails and sometimes text messages or phone calls or a facebook message or an Instagram DM, or the worst of them are the comments within the comments. So I'll post something, and there's 75 comments, and inside there, somebody makes a request. I try and facil- facilitate oh that. You, Three days later, I cannot find that person. So yeah. I'm trying to now just direct everybody to my email because yeah. I say to people, listen, you send me a text message. I can't keep it as new. I can't print it. I can't forward it. You send me an email. I could do all those things. Okay, so tell, if it's a request, quickly before, tell us your email. My email is... That's an interesting story, but it's Michael at <laughs> MelhamforBevel.com. Okay. And the reason why it's that is because our infrastructure technology-wise in Town Hall is so inept that they just could not – they can't keep emails. So email doesn't work. It doesn't send. You can't find it. It'll get hung up. This is for all the municipal workforce, like the yes. tax assessor, all yes. of these? Yeah. So my last frustrating – well, my I got frustrated day one probably – uh, which is interesting because day one they figured I'm an IT guy, which I'm not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I identify, self-identify mm-hmm. as a as a communication guy. Mm-hmm. But everybody thinks because I'm in social media and I'm in web technology that I'm a tech guy. Mm-hmm. I am not. Mm-hmm. So day one in town hall, they gave me a, a brand new Surface Pro, which mm-hmm. they thought they were doing a good job, which they probably were. My first meeting in town hall, I realized that one, I had no way to print because we don't have a wireless network printer. Mm-hmm. Can't really plug into a Surface Pro for the most mm-hmm. part. And... So that was the first frustrating thing. So then we were in a meeting, and I tried to email it to somebody. So I got notes here. Let mm-hmm. me. I just want to get it to you, mm-hmm. my engineer, right. sitting across the table. Yeah. From me. Let me email. Email was down. <laughs> I then somehow get it to somebody sitting next to me who tried to print, but the printer wasn't working. She then emailed it to somebody downstairs. So the email went through. When she went downstairs, the woman she emailed it to's emails was not receiving emails, so we uh-huh. couldn't do it. And that was oh. that was it. Um, but I will tell you that just last week I got. Just because I have my own email, which is – it's not a Hillary Clinton thing here. This yeah. is a, a paid, yeah, yeah, yeah. backed up, archived, yes. Oprah Bowl, no, the whole thing. It's not a secret server. It's not a secret right. server. Okay. I pay for it myself, yeah, yeah. but it's not a secret server. But I will tell you this. Last Wednesday, two two weeks ago, 
we had an updated agenda to our council meeting. So our clerk sent it out about 4 o'clock. It was the fourth or fifth generation of the updated agenda. I got it Wednesday morning. So historically, our town attorney will say, I sent the emails out, and they come in a week later. So it's just bad. That's why I paused mm. for a second. But, yeah, I keep my own yeah. email, which is Michael at MelhamFromBevel.com. Yeah. And, I mean, and I think a lot of this all goes back to the fact that it wasn't a, like – City Hall has to run like a modern day office, and I think that yeah, that's but it's never going to happen. A, I mean, it's just never going to happen. You have we. I came into town hall with computers that have floppy drives, uh, running Windows XP, which is mm. 19 years old at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, office products, actually, no, our clerk's office still utilizes WordPerfect. So the office products that we do have mm. are Office 2010. Mm-hmm. So I can't share. I'm, I got my phone here. I can't share my calendar with the person in wow. town hall. Can't wow. do it. It's just not compatible. Yeah. So it was never valued. Uh, technology was certainly never valued because mm-hmm. it's a budget item. Mm-hmm. And politicians, if they can't hire somebody with it or give mm-hmm. somebody something with the money, right. it becomes just low, low, pro- it's like low, low priority. priority. Right. And then communication. I always say this because I'm in the communication space as you are. I always say that. I always find that elected officials, I shouldn't say that. That candidates spend a lot of money getting elected. They print up their name, mm-hmm. their face, their picture. They yep. put it on mail. They do multiple mail pieces. And the second they get in office and they have a, in Belleville, say, a $64 million budget at their mm-hmm. disposal, they clamp down on communicate. It's like the Kremlin. Mm-hmm. They don't want anybody to know anything that's going yeah, it's on. It's the first thing that gets cut. And it's just bizarre yeah. to me. Yep. Uh, I keep communicating. We're now trying to do a senior newsletter because mm-hmm. my seniors want news. Mm-hmm. And as you know, there's no more weekly newspapers, print newspapers. And seniors aren't online for the most part. My mom is, but mm-hmm. a lot of seniors aren't. And mm-hmm. so if, why can't I give them a weekly newsletter or I should say a monthly newsletter? Right. Uh, why can't I make my 32-page recycling calendar, which is ridiculous, why can't I do that maybe quarterly and add some positive news stories in there? Uh, so we're trying to communicate to people. But for some reason, elected officials, once they once they go from candidate to elected official, town hall becomes the Kremlin and they just lock down communication. And that's part, as I got back to, as I said earlier, casting that wider net. Mm -hmm. I'm still trying to cast that wide net. Mm -hmm. So when we look um, at Belleville three years from now, okay, you know, what is your dream? What are we going to see that's different than from the first day that you walked in office? You're probably going to see a different landscape. Mm -hmm. You know, for a long time, for a long time in Belleville, the words redevelopment, uh, development, pilots, these were... Dirty words mm-hmm. in Belleville. I mean, they were dirty words. Mm-hmm. You never said them. Mm-hmm. And the mayor would never say it. I said during my – because I don't hide. Mm-hmm. I stated during my state of the township address that I believe Belleville can redevelopment our way out of this thing. And that's the problem. We have – we're in northern New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Real estate and land values are at a premium. Mm-hmm. I have parcels that are 24 acres of vacant land, 12 acres of underutilized land. I have – uh, 1.7 acres that used to be a school that we knocked down that for some bizarre reason they 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 approved a quick check. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have a gas station on a 1.7 acre. acre parcel of land. So when my residents are complaining that taxes are too high, one, I agree with them. Taxes are too high. But I never, ever said to them I was going to drastically reduce your taxes. I mm-hmm. said I was going to do two things. I was going to stabilize your taxes, and I was going to give you quality services and facilities that proportionally – match your services. Mm -hmm. So the only way you could do this, and I had this example, I recently met with uh, our high school student ambassadors and they Mm -hmm. asked me about taxes. Mm -hmm. And I said, listen, we have a pot 
And that pot comes from your mom and dad, their taxes, and, and some of our commercial partners. They pay taxes. And out of that pot, we spend all the money that we can. But it costs us almost a million dollars a year as a municipality stand still just because of contractual raises and insurance and everything mm-hmm. else. So if I don't expand my, my rateable base, I could only go back to your mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, for the last 15, 20 years, that's what Bevel's been doing. Mm-hmm. We've been hitting the residential tax credit. I said it during a campaign, and I say it as mayor. I'm sick and tired of the residential tax credit constantly being soaked. Mm-hmm. So what can I do? I could develop. Mm-hmm. I have huge parcels of land that are vacant. Mm-hmm. And now we're doing that. We have about six major, major projects that are not pending approval that are already approved. Mm-hmm. I got 240 units coming in the Silver Lake section of town. That's got the light rail. That mm-hmm. light rail is 15 years old. If you sat in it, you would think it was six months old. Mm-hmm. It's underutilized. It's not yeah. used. Mm-hmm. I got 240 units coming right there. I have another 150 units coming on the south side of Washington Avenue. That's that's on the North border. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, develop, that developer should get a parade down Washington mm-hmm. Avenue because he's right. investing where nobody will invest. I got 250 units coming across from the, from the motorcycle mall, if you know mm-hmm. what that is, on Washington Avenue. We have big projects that are already approved just waiting for shovels to go on the ground mm-hmm. wow so that's gonna be great for you to just yeah. to, to to be there like with the shovel yeah. and, and 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 celebrate it because the thing is other as you know developers watch other developers they do and and this is what's happening in, in downtown newark sure. where you're, you're seeing the building boom and you guys are are right there again with the um the light rail is is yeah. just such an amazing asset um, I did want to uh, talk to you while well, we have a couple minutes. I want to talk to you about probably your favorite topic, which is the Newark Reservoir. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, Speaking for, of Newark. For, for those people who don't know, it's about 12 acres. And it's, as you have explained to me, it is the pin right in the middle of the map. And I've yes, I do. I do. I do listen when you speak. Yes. And, uh, and, um, I think and, I even showed you the map. Yes, yes, yes. I had map. to demonstrate it. To yes, you. yes, show me the map. And so why don't you tell our, our listeners about the Newark Reservoir and why it should be the sure. Belleville Reservoir? So just, just <laughs> speaking back to my, my comment before where I promised the taxpayers that we're going to give them quality services and facilities. Bevel doesn't have any parks. Mm-hmm. Bevel's got terrible playgrounds. Okay, so you have Branch Brook Park. Okay, it's let's county. just county yeah. park. So we don't have Bevel does not have a, any municipal parks. Uh, or po- they have to, little to pocket speak parks. Of, yeah, we have some pocket parks here. They're terribly maintained, uh, horrible equipment in them. So Branchbrook Park does have Belleville Park, which is a park associated to the county in Branchbrook Park that bears our name. Mm-hmm. I haven't been in that park since I'm five years old. Oh, wow. Belleville, we can't even get permits to play there. And Joe D does a phenomenal job at his county parks, but we, Belleville people do not consider that our park. So eliminate that. And we have some pocket parks. Most of them are underutilized or not maintained, and sometimes there's a reason for that. So we have Fairway Park, which is a pretty decent track of land, but it floods because it's right next to the second river there. So it floods, so therefore we've just given up on it a decade ago. We have the Wreck House, which has some horrible, horrible equipment in it. I mean, it's got metal equipment. It's rusty. I mean, it's just terrible. We've done a terrible job. So I want to, one, first address those, and we we have plans to address some of that. We're going to put a dog park, community garden. My mentality is if we can't maintain a ball field there for X reasons, well, then let's do something like community garden, make it a dog park. Let's do something rather than just let it lay fallow like right, that. Right. So that's that's where we're at. But 
again, uh, drawing on my experience and working in the private sector, Lyndhurst is a client of mine. And I was intimately familiar and, and knowledgeable, and they built the Lyndhurst Town Hall Park. And Belleville people know that park because Belleville people go to the Lyndhurst Town Hall Park for summer concert series. They have an amphitheater and a gazebo and, and a fountain and yeah. seating. It's, it's lovely. It's, it's programmed. Yes. Like there's events. Yes, yep. because they have, a, they have a venue to do that. Mm-hmm. So in Belleville, we don't really have that venue. Mm-hmm. So I found that if you take the map of Belleville and drop a pin in the mm-hmm. dead center of it is a 12-acre parcel of land that used to be – utilized as the Nork Reservoir. It's still called, we call it the Nork Reservoir, but it, it's been decommissioned since the 1800s as a bowl, as a vessel with water in it. But it does have some lines that go underneath it. So Wanakue, Pequannock, lines go underneath that thing from uh, right to Nork, even out to Jersey City. Mm-hmm. So it's utilized under the ground. But at this point, Nork has a problem because they don't want to necessarily maintain. They have to cut the grass. And if you know anything about me, I'm a neurotic with long grass. So mm-hmm. we hit everybody that's got long grass. I don't mm-hmm. care if you're the city of Newark mm-hmm. or you're a private taxpayer. Right. We hit everybody that's got long grass. So we're right. constantly on them to maintain it. Plus, at a certain threat level, Nork has to secure it. So they have to pay a private company to do that. So I have been communicating with Nork literally from day one. Uh, it's a running joke between Mayor Barack and I. Anytime that man steps foot in Belleville, mm-hmm. somebody mentions the Newark <laughs> Reservoir to him. Yeah. And a lot of times it's me being yeah. that man that mentions it to him. Yeah. So it's a running joke. He's He seems to be on board. Mm-hmm. He seems to be in favor. They want to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I get it. Nork's got some higher level priorities like Nork Water, and, and they're they're addressing those. So. Giving Belleville residents a park isn't necessarily mm-hmm. on the top of their agenda, but I have a great relationship with Councilman Ramos, Councilman Quintana, and uh, they seem to be really in favor. I've actually had a meeting with the Newark administrator. Our administrator and myself went down there for a meeting. Belleville's gone as far as we've hired an engineering company. Mm-hmm. We've already given them some money. They're doing some due diligence. They've been to Newark Water. They're studying plans. We're going we're gonna to get that park. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't know how it's going to happen yet, whether Newark is going to maybe lease it to us or sell it to us. Or we don't have those details worked out, but we are going to get that as a park for yeah, Belleville. Yeah, and didn't you say something like that? I mean, they dropped some significant tax money. They're a property taxpayer yeah. in Belleville. yeah. So they so, uh, for that for that parcel of land, it's kind of interesting, I guess, because of the pipes that go underneath it. They pay Belleville about eighty, ninety thousand dollars a year mm-hmm. for that land mm-hmm. in in taxes. Yeah, and uh, like I said, it's it would really be that would be a game changer for Belleville. I, and I'm not I'm going more passive. I'm going just I want that gazebo, that amphitheater. I want a place for movies under the stars, summer concert series, and I just want a place to walk around. We think the theme of it might be cherry blossoms, mm-hmm. since we're the cherry blossom capital of America. And uh, that might be Cherry Blossom Park or Newark mm-hmm. Bevel Cherry Blossom Park or something yeah. like that. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm pretty committed to that, and mm-hmm. and I'm a I'm a squeaky wheel, mm-hmm. so I'm yeah. always. You could even call it like that. the Ros Baraka gazebo, <laughs> 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 you know, whatever it takes. In the great campaign videos that you did, um, you had mentioned a lot about Washington Avenue and what it looked like when you were running and about how you wanted to show some pride in Belleville. And can you talk a little bit about your streetscape uh, plans? Yeah, we're really committed to Washington Avenue. I think that that's really the the vital roadway that goes through the township, and it needs some help. It's needed some help for a long time. So we just had a public hearing, actually, uh, last Wednesday, and that was DOT coming in with a $10 million plan for Washington Avenue, Mm -hmm. which is awesome because when I moved into what I thought was the mayor's office, I found this stack of papers, Mm -hmm. and that was a plan that had been four years old already by DOT, but nobody ever did anything with it. So wow. we brought them in right away, and now we have it on the schedule. It's going to be a couple of years out, but at least they're going to take care of the roadway, the milling, the paving, and 
portions of the sidewalk. So that's really the infrastructure part that the state's going to do. We're then doing our part to beautify everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm working now with uh, our green team and a civic association called the Better Belleville Civic Association. And they really spent most weekends in the last few months or so building about 35 different planter boxes from recycled pallets, right. breaking them down, building them up, getting flowers in them. And now we have to go around every weekend and water like 35 different planter wow. boxes. But it's people, it's the, I've learned one thing. It's the small things. And mm-hmm. when people are at a red light and they're, if they're not looking at their phone and they look to their left or right and they see flowers that they never saw before, mm-hmm. people really, really like it and people respond to that. Mm-hmm. I have one final question for you. And the final question is um, your mother. Mm-hmm. So, so she must be extremely proud of her son, who's the mayor. And... You know, you, while you're the, I guess, the chief executive of the town, right. what do you have to do what, in regards to your mother? How does that work? Right. So you're still throwing mom, out the garbage. You're still, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> mom, mom is my biggest supporter. Of course. And one of my outspoken uh, critics. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that said, you know, she's also the, I had to do a couple of things. So my mom is in her 70s and mm-hmm. she's on social media. So during the campaign, I literally had to have my IT guy go and, and disable her social media account. Oh, because she was going crazy. I, she's an Italian mom. Yeah. And uh, that wasn't going to last. Yeah. So we did that. She's now back online. We're happy about that. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, so she's she was a part of the campaign as such that she lives uh, in Belleville in my childhood home where, mm-hmm. I, where I was born. And right next door to her is a boarded up house with spray paint. And that was pivotable. So when I really, really announced my candidacy for mayor, we did it in, a, in my style, which is multimedia. Mm-hmm. So we shot this commercial and this video of me standing at my mom's house and gazing next door at this at house this, that's yeah. boarded up with spray yeah. paint. And uh, that's something that really stuck home. That struck home with a lot of people. And so she's also not just mom and she's not also just the resident, but she's also a municipal employee. So mm-hmm. it's quite interesting mm-hmm. because her office is right next to, to mine. She's just a clerk, you know, I didn't in, know in the construction code office. That. Yeah. And she says all the time, she says, I never in a million years thought you'd be the mayor of Belleville. Uh-huh. Your office would be right next to where I work and I would never see you. <laughs> and uh, so she's, you know, she's going through a difficult time because we were all, as a family, we're very close. Yeah. And uh, my nieces are now, she's a great grandma. She's always with my nieces. My nieces are now 17. They're twins. They're driving now. They're playing sports. Yeah. And they're not around as much. My sister's got a boyfriend, so she's not around as much. And her mm-hmm. son is now mayor, and I'm just not around that much. And as much there's as there's a I, lot of guilt here, there is a lot of guilt. There is. I'm going to try and make it up there somehow. I think once I get a mayor's office, yeah. which we still don't really have, yeah. I'm going to at least have lunch with her once a week in the mayor's office, and I okay. think that that'll make her happy. All right. Well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> See, we don't talk. They don't talk about this on Comcast Newsmakers. <laughs> no, not at all. Not <laughs> at all. It's a whole different. Uh, <laughs> was that, yeah, yeah, exactly. We get to learn about learn about his mom. Um, okay, well, listen, well, we've been speaking with uh, Michael Melham, who is the mayor of Belleville, and he's also the president of Alpha Dog, which is a municipal government consulting company. If you haven't hired him yet, you should. And, um, and thank you very much for being on the show, and we look forward to all the great things going on in Belleville. Thank you. It's great. The Jaffe Podcast is a production of Jaffe Communications, which is solely responsible for its content. Episodes may not be reproduced or rebroadcast without permission. Our executive producer is Jonathan Jaffe. Our editor and production manager is Josh Frank. And our theme song was composed by David Siste. For more episodes, visit jaffecom.com or find us on Facebook at Jaffe Communications. Thanks for listening. Join us next week.